Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Forever! Dog! Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. Hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast. Scary Scary Stories stories to Tell tell on the Pod. pod. (laughs) We're both so scared. (laughs) We're both so scared at at talking on top of one another that we're just always like, okay, which one of us is going to tell the the listeners what the podcast is about? (laughs) We just played the most passive aggressive game of chicken that's ever been played. It's a podcast. It's a podcast about scary stories. For cowards. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Oh, I hope um I hope you're all charmed by this because if not, it would be virtually unlistenable, I think. My psychological and emotional experience of recording this podcast is like a little bit of enjoyment in front of just absolute mountainous fear that the person listening is just grimacing. <laughs> And that's possible, and that's okay. And it's you're, possible, and you're allowed. No, it's not okay. I'll die. <laughs> you actually, you gotta like me. It's a or rule. I'm gonna absolutely die. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's a podcast about scary stories and urban legends, and because it is a Wednesday, friends, it's it a is Wednesday. Urban Legisode Day. And this, and just so you know, this is a comedy podcast primarily. Right. Um. It's not factual. That's not the intention. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and there um, again, many other awesome, spooky, uh, uh, horror-inducing podcasts out there. That's just not our vibe. Yeah, that's not our vibe. We're comedians, and we're important. And that's the, just a thing that we've been making sure people know. We're extremely important. Although and sometimes, you have to like us, sometimes we Those do stumble rules. across genuinely scary things, like the red light demon uh, from an urban episode several oh, months God. ago. And also the fact that in our last episode, I discovered that I accidentally bought a hallucinatory herb that could have killed me. And I thought it was basil. Uh, so now we know. Get the Kratom out of your house. Get the Kratom out um, of your house. Just be, be damn careful. We are firmly in the holiday season. Uh, maybe you've gotten your tree already. Maybe you're already planning your uh, your Hanukkah party. Uh, <laughs> that's not probably a thing people do, right? Um, but yeah, a Hanukkah party. Do, is it because yeah? Do people like pick a night where it's like, well, we're having family over? Yeah, okay, absolutely. Okay. I'm my mom still. is trying to get my dad to commit to a date for that, but he oh, okay. he simply can't be bothered. <laughs> Uh, so I thought it would be fun. I think for my urban legisodes this month, and maybe we do it together. I'm gonna do um, Christmas monsters from folklore. <gasps> oh, that's great! Because uh, there are so many of them. Um, Get and, us in the mood, farmer. Yeah, and uh, like it's sort of a, across the world. You know, we're all familiar with like Krampus, right? Who's like the German anti Santa Claus, who's a demon who takes bad children. Um, but there is a wide array 
of truly bonkers Christmas or like Yuletide beasts that I, I, I just can't even wrap my head around that I'm so excited to share them with you. Oh, great. So today, this is absolutely your, this is your lane. When oh, this is say stay in it. your lane. Mm-hmm. This is your lane. Found it. Double line. You're lane. in it. Yeah. Um, so primarily I'm going to be using, I, I found, I found this particular monster through atlasobscura.com, uh, an article called the monsters of Christmas by Sarah Elizabeth Troop. Um, but also there's some Wikipedia stuff in here and some other sources. Um, this is a Welsh monster. <laughs> Uh, so the pronunciation of the name, I am going to butcher. I apologize in advance. Um, uh, we do have some Welsh friends. So if you can pronounce it for me That's correctly, true. do let me know. Um, I'm reading it as Mary Lude, which Atlas Obscura describes as the Christmas zombie horse. <laughs> <laughs> that actually does square with everything that I've assumed about Welsh culture. Oh, Anna, you are in for a treat. Um, oh my God, I can't wait. This macabre skeleton mare of Welsh tradition rises from the dead and wanders the streets with her attendants, who are also fresh from the grave, to remind the living of their existence. <laughs> remind me of my existence? Remind remind us of our existence or remind us of the dead's existence? That's just a maybe a sentence I mean, structure question I have. Yeah, was this article written by a Mary Lou? (laughs) (laughs) Clippity clop, clip clop. Um, So Mary Lou has only one goal in mind, to get into your house. (laughs) Oh, To keep the zombie horse out, you must engage in a battle of wits. In rhyme, no less, usually on New Year's Eve, where the undead mare is represented by a puppeteer parading a horse skull on a pole draped in a white cloth. I've seen this. It's so crazy. You have seen? I've seen. I just recently this came up somewhere. It's so crazy. I feel like it might be a thing. um, uh, Paul F. Tompkins occasionally retweets this really cool account called, oh, what is it, like 43 Strange or something? Oh, yes. 47 Strange. Strain 41. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's really great. And oh, that's right. That's where it was from. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, because they're, they're an amazing source of, of strange folklore and just in general uh, interesting picks. Um, and thank you again to Father Paul. Thank you again to Puppy Paul. Um, no. So... <laughs> I know that was too far and I apologize. Um, Okay. So I also found some songs um, that are, are (laughs) that are Mary Lude related. Um, I'm sure they have a more specific meaning in, uh, in Welsh, but here's the English translation of the opening to the Mary Lude song of her going around from door to door. And here are the lyrics. Well, here we come. Innocent friends. No, 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 no. Well, here we come. Here we come. That's the craziest thing to start a song with. All right. Well, we're singing. Just the idea that something in Welsh translates to well. (laughs) Well, here we come, innocent friends. To ask leave. To ask leave. To ask leave to sing. And those are the opening lyrics of the Mary Lude song. Um, <laughs> it's like a song starting with the lyrics, this is happening. You can give me your permission or not. I'm singing. 
<laughs> and then the, the knowing, uh, the knowing acknowledgement of like, here we come. We know you're innocent, but you're still in trouble <laughs> is very oh scary. Oh my God. Um, interestingly, the etymology of Mary Lude, there's a lot of disagreement about. The most direct translation, uh, the folklorist Iowerth C. Pete believes that it was uh, um, supposed to sound like Holy Mary and was a reference to Mary, the mother of Jesus, um, as How? kind of a combination with like old world uh, folklore and also the idea of Mary going door to door and being turned away. <laughs> which but in is a horse stick. In a horse stick, which feels incredibly sacrilegious, um, which is maybe the reason why this tradition went very out of favor once uh, the once the church um, gained influence in uh, the United Kingdom uh, that they were like. Could you no. please describe the horse a little bit more? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, so the horse is often portrayed with an actual horse skull, usually with yeah. fake eyeballs, often Christmas bulbs. So they shine and are green. Oh. Um, there are usually ribbons wrapped around it, bells hanging from it. Uh, it's, it's kind of the structure of a hobby horse, which is like, it's a, it's a horse head on a stick being held by someone. The person holding the stick is under a white sheet. Sometimes there are multiple people to mimic the image of it being an actual walking horse. Um, sometimes though, more in modern daytime, an actual horse skull is not used, but a replica horse skull or even a horse head made of paper or paper mache. Um, and it's dressed up like a lady a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, I mean, I'm looking at some pictures now. There's even some with lipstick oh, on it, um, but mostly it's sort of so just like up. decorative adornment around it. Um, yeah. Which, and there's like a little person under a white sheet yes, near it. which is very and spooky. Some people got like some kind of like little braids. It's yes. Oh, yeah. No, I'm seeing. Insane. I'm seeing. I'm seeing like braided. And there's like, there's like several together. Right. Which is just really upsetting. And yeah, I guess it's that like the the mythos of it is that this is a horse. This is an undead horse who brings with it um, the the souls of the recently deceased. Or in some cases, I'm seeing that they are being described as zombies. So like maybe not ghosts, but the bodies themselves. Um, Great. And, and it's, sorry, I interrupted the lyrics. Oh no, no, no. That was, the, that's all the lyrics there are. There is a poem. There's a famous, um, uh, Welsh poem by poet. Hold on. I will find his name. Uh, Vernon Watkins and, uh, the lyrics to the poem, which, you know, is uh, kind of iconic, uh, Welsh poem. Mary Lude, Lude Mary. A sacred thing through the night they carry. Betrayed are the living, betrayed the dead. All are confused by a horse's head. <laughs> and yeah. that's that's from the ballad. That's like four lines of it. That's not the whole that's thing. That's accurate. Um, I also got to say I'm on a stock photo website. I'm seeing a lot of blackface. Oh, no. Ye Leave that. Oh, God. It's blackface, but it's unclear if they're trying to be like skeleton makeup oh i don't like that don't no it's, this that that is also kind of rampant in a lot of um 
oh my wider God. European Christmas traditions, which I just hate. And it's I don't know really how to, wild. Like I know we have a I lot. I don't of, understand. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I can't understand the impulse. Right. It's just as yeah. I don't know. I don't understand it either. Oh my gosh. Okay, this know. is interesting. So, um, in terms of origins. Uh, some historians posit that the custom originated with the survival of some ancient popular writer ceremony. Uh, David Jones, who's one historian in particular, suggested that the origins were Christian and that it had once been part of the festivities of the Feast of the Ass. <laughs> Anna, no, no, no. no. The Feast, Feast of, of the, the Ass. ass. You oh. actually must feast the ass. This is... It's what's even crazier is in, in Latin, it's even crazier sounding, which is festum asinorium. <laughs> okay, brag. Yeah, brag. <laughs> <laughs> um, so according to Jones. Fe- one more time, the Latin. Uh, f- festum asinorium. <laughs> festum asinorium? Yep. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, and it is honoring it, it is honoring the donkey that carried Mary uh, into Bethlehem. Um, <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, yeah. We this like feast this. is on January fourteenth, uh, so they think maybe there's some like th- this typically happens New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. So it's like the the proximity of that is also further evidence that that could be um, part of that connection. Uh, uh, Pete was of the opinion this is the poet that Mary Lude was no doubt. Uh, was no doubt a survival of pre-Christian traditions that had once been spread across Britain and other parts of Europe, and which, having survived the Christianization of Britain, had been renamed Mary Lude in reference to the Virgin Mary during the Middle Ages, where, which is where that kind of concept comes from. Um, he expressed the view that the original custom had been horrific in origin and intention, and that from an early date it had been connected to wassailing. Uh, wassling is like going door to door, singing songs at people's, uh, houses in order to get drink and food around the, uh, Yule time holiday. Um, Mary Lude tradition also came under the influence of mystery plays, um, like plays about Christ's life or, you know, uh, Bible stories. Um, or like a murder on the Orient Express. Love that mystery. <laughs> yeah. Um, the folklorist Treffer, oh my God, these names, Treffer, Treffer M. Owen also suggested that I've, the- I've dated a Treffer, for <laughs> sure. It sounds like an insult. Just replace that V with an F. Um, <laughs> uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, Effer agrees with Pete's idea, but Ellen Etlinger, uh, who's another historian, uh, represented or, or, or posited that uh, the idea of a death horse is very huge in Welsh folklore. Um, oh. It also is big in Scotland. There's kind of a thing called a Kelpie, which is like a demonic horse that yeah. drowns people, you know. Um, but she she says that that had more to do with the Festival of Samhain, which is what we celebrate now as Halloween. Um <laughs> And that that this character was uh, a symbol of fertility, which even she is confused about because she's like, why an undead horse would be a symbol of fertility is confusing. Uh, We don't really know. We wish we could talk to people from back then and understand what they were talking about. Maybe Uh, it's like you're so hot that even a dead horse would want to get you pregnant. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, no. that's definitely that's you know certainly certainly Skip me. come back to me <laughs> go to someone else <laughs> and then we just hear a third person who we've never heard before on the podcast be like um i would <laughs> um but okay so other other interesting things about this um that mary lude is also used in like in like ghost stories in in uh in welsh traditions but is often a foreteller of death like someone's about to die, oh. which which kind of again is like kind of banshee-ish. Um, but there was a lot of that, I feel like, in in like Celtic and larger like English Isles uh um tradition where it's like there's always some strange animal or being that if you hear it or see it, that means someone you love is gonna die. And what a weird thing to be focused on. Yeah. Oh, it's scary. So if the horse comes, you're either going to have a baby or die mm-hmm. or it's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pick one of the three. Um, so I this, don't hate those options. No, you know, and because one out of three ain't bad. Um, the <laughs> other thing that's interesting is this whole idea of that you um, sing a song like the Mar- Mary Lude and her undead uh, cohorts are there to talk themselves into coming to your house. So you have to feed and give them drink and you have to, they're singing a song. They're singing songs that are like, here's why you should let us in. And you have to in turn sing songs back and come up with reasons why they shouldn't come in, you know? So it could be like, here, yeah, but you have to sing it in tune and in time and in rhythm uh, with the song. So that's what that uh, Atlas Obscura article means about like you have to have a battle of wits with it in order to keep it out of your oh. house, which is funny because the type of person who would want to keep people out of their home is probably not the type of person who's also like, OK, I'll sing <laughs> like um, the idea of like a grump who's like, you're not coming in here, but being fully prepared to improvise a song is very funny to me. Yeah, man. That that just feels like a huge ask. Like, yeah. I shouldn't have to sing riddles at a dead horse in order to not have a dead horse in my house. That should just sort of be a part of the reason you have a house in the first place. Oh, I'm also seeing that um, that a part of the tradition in some places is that if you don't let them into your house, they'll they'll wreak havoc outside and run around and like knock over stuff and um oh. damage property and scare people with the <laughs> with the horse head. Um oh boy. And that and that it's had a resurgence in recent I years. I also found that um what did you find? Oh, I just found that they the the black faces they're being chimney sweeps. Okay, sure. They're all dressed like chimney sweeps. That's why they have little top hats which I don't know. That still feels weird. Just there's so many other things to dress up as. Come on, I got a lot of notes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm very fascinated by these like scary traditions because normally, like almost all of the other monsters on this list, um, some of which I'll go into later, uh, are Germanic or Icelandic. Like that's kind of the whole, their whole vibe. And it's funny to find one that's yeah. Welsh. Cause I think of Wales as being such a kind of like, um, I don't know what would we say? Wales is sort of the Midwest equivalent to the United States. Like Wales is to, uh, great Britain. What like Minnesota is to America where it's like, these are people who get made Maybe. fun of a lot, but they're really nice. You know? 
Maybe. Maybe. I find Wales to be a very um, spooky place. Like oh. a lot of, um, like I believe that they have a horse head on a stick. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm just thinking of our friend Jenny Donahue, who's like a very, she was like an I old college too. friend, who's like such a, um, a positive, you know, sunny person. And I feel like everyone on Great British Bake Off who's Welsh is always like, I can't do the accent, but like they're, they're such of delightful people. Um, if you could do the accent, you'd have to, you'd have to go to, you'd have to go to a home. <laughs> Can I? It would mean um, that you were insane. <laughs> okay. And so there's one other one that there's a lot of information about, but I thought would be a fun coda for this, uh, which is another funny Christmas monster is the Christmas cat of Iceland. Um, and basically this is a cat that stalks the snowy tundra of Iceland and eats children around Christmas time who do not have new clothes. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, And it's such a roundabout way of getting there because so the reasoning behind that is if kids were good for Christmas, their gifts were new winter clothes. So if you were not wearing new nice clothes at Christmas, that would infer that you were in fact a bad kid and you did not receive good gifts. Okay. Um, That makes a little bit more sense. But the alternative reasoning for it was that it was another reason to donate things to the poor. (laughs) Because you didn't want people to get eaten by the Christmas cat. <laughs> so you wanted to give the poor and needy new clothes every year. Oh, God. Um, which, I was going to say Christmas cat, more like classist cat. <laughs> and then I did say it. And I'm and glad then America absolutely loved me. Um, yeah. th- and this is a poem about the Christmas cat. You all know the Yule cat. And that cat was huge indeed. People didn't know where he came from or where he went. He opened his glaring ears wide, the two of them glowing bright. It took a really brave man to look straight into them. The whiskers sharp as bristles, his back arched up high, and the claws of his hairy paws were a terrible sight. He gave a wave of his strong tail. He jumped and he clawed and he hissed, sometimes up in the valley, sometimes down by the shore. He roamed at large, hungry and evil, in the freezing Yule snow. In every home, people shuddered at his name. If one heard a pitiful meow, something evil would happen soon. Everybody knew he hunted men, but didn't care for mice. That's crazy. Is that a translation? It's a translation um, uh, from the Yule Cat by Johann von Kotlum. I kept waiting for the rhyme and it just never happened. There are no rhymes so in Iceland. Weird. It's like, yeah, it's like, it, that's Bjork wrote that. <laughs> she did. She did. Um, wait, so what is the Icelandic name of this thing? I am not even going to attempt to, it's like, you're the girl. You have to. Spell it. Okay. I'm going to look up the spelling. It's now I'm only seeing it in the, okay. It is J-O-L-A-K-O-T-T-U-R-I-N-N. Which I'm gonna guess is Yolaka Tutorn. 
That's um Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> oh, there there he is. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's the sound that the Yule Cat makes. <laughs> um, but there are so many other good monsters that I'm excited to share with you guys. Um, they're truly unhinged. And wow, we as a, as a species have very strange brains, you know? We really do. It's um, the things that end up being like, it has to be a horse head and it's wearing ribbons and they all have to look like this. That like that starts at some nugget of like relatability and like, well, it's cold outside and we all sort of feel this way. Therefore, and then all of a sudden you've got like a Yule cat with 11 J's and you need to have clothes. Right. It's just, it's funny. It's sort of like religion where it like, it starts with a kernel of something universal. And then like, all of a sudden it's like, well, the boys go there and the girls go there. And that's what God wants. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I think maybe the other thing about like why we love marveling at old folklore monsters is that um, very often the beliefs that people like save to today that have lasted this long are ones that also like fly in the logical world with knowledge of like science and rational thinking and blah, blah, blah. Um, But, you know, back then, like, I guess if you heard a weird noise from the snow and someone was like, that sounds like a cat. And then someone else was like, oh yeah, I wonder what the cat eats in the winter. Probably people. And then suddenly it's like, what sort of people? People who don't have nice clothes. Like it just is a thing that snowballs. Or like bad children. And then it's like, well, how would they tell if they're children or not? Well, if they haven't gotten new clothes. And then it's like, the cat wants you to be dressed up. (laughs) Listen, stop fighting this. The cat, the cat wants us to look nice. Get over it. I I don't want you to look nice. The cat wants you to look nice. If you don't put on your new clothes, you're going to die. You're a acting insane. Death. If you don't wear this new sweater I got you, a cat's going to eat you. Like, come on. A cat's going to eat you and I'm going to shoot you. Oh, okay. and I'm I'm seeing now the pronunciation of of Jolakotorndin. Let's see. Okay. Let's, I'm just going to see if I can just be careful not to say it too many times because then <laughs> yeah, it's be here. Um, if I still remember how to read the IPA, I could do it. I think it's Jula. Oh, I think it's Jula Cater. Jula Cater. I think that's it. That's great. Um, thank you very much, Marika Bex and Mark Enright and Doug Paulson for Many, yes. many classes of learning to read Thank IPA. You for teaching us. Let me see. Wait, Icelandic Yule Cat. I know the IPA. It's in there. So hard. Wow. That's impressive, Anna. The IPA it's is the not, International it's Phonetic just Alphabet. Like, I just like needed to be, um, I needed to feel like I was better than somebody. Yola <laughs> um, Kotter. Yola Kotter. That sounds like, that sounds like. Um, of that kid who says, Lexa, play Tickle Tickle, trying to say helicopter. Tickle, yolocoter. <laughs> okay, I found tit, tit ass, teen, natural tit. Feast of ass. Fucking tit. <laughs> feast of ass. Searching for porn feast of ass. Big, 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 big tit. The horse is coming. <laughs> well, here we are. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh I'm also seeing well, that here um, we are. 
Yola Kotert, uh, can the like if Yola Kotert sees you doing a, a good deed, even if you're not wearing nice clothes, he'll he'll lay off. So that's good. Oh, that's good. I read that on a website called lifewithcats.tv. <laughs> so who knows? Oh my God. Well, that's, and you know what? Then that means it's technically a TV show. <laughs> well, I hope this kicked off uh, your holiday season spookies uh, pretty well. Um, I hope you now feel good. Yes, that's the goal. But before we go, um, it's time for our favorite segment. Scary ideas, scary ideas for, for things, things that, that could, could happen. happen. Anna? It's a segment where Andrew and I spin little spooky yarns for things that could happen. That is absolutely Yes, true. I do have one. Perfect. You visit your grandparents in their retirement community. And in the basement is a pool. And in the pool room is a hot tub. And you take yourself down there one night by yourself and you slip into the hot tub, you turn it on and it's really warm and really bubbly. And then out of nowhere, all the lights switch off and then a light in the hot tub switches on and you look down and something's got a hold of your foot and you look in the water and it's the ghost of a of a young girl and she's pulling on your ankle and she's saying I'm pulling your leg and then she laughs a lot (laughs) and you're like what and she says that saying you know like I'm pulling your leg but like I am and you say oh and then she says can I get a ride to Radio Shack and you say there are none and she says okay and then you both just hang out in the hot tub for a while Wow, that That could could happen happen. wow yeah the idea of not only a ghost in a hot tub but then a ghost in a hot tub that you have to hang out with you know yeah ghost stories cut out on the scare it doesn't stick around for after I love I love knowing what happened after just a just a stunted conversation is really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, here's mine. You're on your way home from work. And in your rearview mirror, every time you stop in traffic or at a red light, you notice that the car behind you has a Santa Claus in it. And the Santa Claus is like very sort of emaciated looking and he's kind of small. And you're a little creeped out, but you don't think too much of it. And you stop at the grocery store, and you notice at the grocery store, kind of hiding around the aisles, is that same little emaciated Santa. And he has this sort of creepy look on his face. And then you go back in your car, you get back to your neighborhood, you're checking your mailbox, and then sure enough, down the sidewalk, you see that creepy little Santa peeking out from behind a light pole. No. And you start to get a little concerned and you go in your house and you're turning on the lights and you see in your living room at the bottom of your curtains are two little Santa boots. (gasps) And suddenly from behind the curtain the little Santa peeks around and you say, 
Santa? And the little Santa giggles and nods his head no, and he goes, no, I'm Secret Santa. (gasps) That could happen. That could happen. Oh my God. (laughs) Why has no one written this movie? (laughs) Secret Secret Santa. Santa, And it's about Santa's a spy, but he's also really coy. (laughs) Our producer Anna just looked at me like, why are you so damaged? (laughs) (laughs) And we love that. And we love that. Oh my God. Um, That was the correct response, producer Anna. (laughs) That's so good. Yeah, that's fine. Should I write Secret Santa now? I do think you should. We need to burn this episode. Yeah, I think. Yeah, let's. Oh my god! If Andrew, anyone's listening, good one. Thank, thank you very for, much. Thanks for getting us into the holiday season. Oh, it's um, my pleasure. I love doing it. You have to. And Anna, thank um, you for for having the correct pronunciation of your helicopter. Your your cup. thing. I have a I have a craven need to be right, and the the odds are that I'm not right. And <laughs> when I found out that I'm not, it's gonna actually chip away at who I am. <laughs> so there's a cost. Oh boy. Well, yeah. We hope your holiday season's off to a good start, everybody. Um, let us know if you have any spooky holiday related stories. We love that stuff. Please send them in. Send them in. Follow us at scary story underscore pod. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, Instagram. And uh, the if DMs you, are open, baby. Oh, we love getting them. And we uh, admittedly, um, there's a big backlog of them. And so if we haven't responded to yours yet, oh, major apologies. We will get to them soon. We promise. Um, and oh, yes. and if you enjoy us, please uh, give us a little five star review and a, um, maybe a nice little thing to say. We always really appreciate those. And um, believe it or not, give. like that stuff does make an impact. Uh, so we would love it that. does. And it's sort of like giving new clothes to people so <laughs> they don't get eviscerated by a giant asshole cat that rhymes. <laughs> yeah. And by yeah. the Lin-Manuel Miranda of cats. <laughs> oh, my God. <gasps> Ooh, scary. Oh, boy. Uh, so yeah, dress up nice for the Yule Cat. And uh, before you, you do it. that, get, get out. out. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.